Hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And today we're basically doing a large breakdown of LGBTQIA issues. In, <laughs> there's a lot of letters. Yeah. In America. Yeah. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bet crazy. Ah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! So we wanted to do this episode because we were having a SUP meeting, as the SUP team does. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I guess it came up that I didn't realize that that sexual orientation was not uh, a protected class under yeah. employment law everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that you could get fired for being gay. Yeah, it's but true. But apparently you can. I, th- I think it's like when we look, when we think about the fact that gay marriage became legalized in the States, you know, it made us think that oh this is we've won we've won and and that only happened in 2015 which is less than four years ago like that's we 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 know donald trump has been hanging out with the russians for like two more decades than that it's not like it's not like you know homophobia is cured and all that stuff like the same way that because you know um like when um Brown versus Board of Education passed. It's not like racism was fixed after that. You know what I mean? So, because they're still racist. I mean, if we're like trying to fix racism and homophobia, I think we may, we may never do that, but Mm -hmm. we can fix the laws. Yeah, we can fix the laws around it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because there's still laws that perpetrate this stigma against LGBT people. And we just want to talk about some of the ones that, you know, that do do that. Like, for example, on the fact that, you know, people can be fired um, just for being gay. And that is because, you know, there is no federal law that includes that. But there and are state laws. So, yeah. So, there are state laws. Um, basically, there's 21 states include, and the District of Columbia that have passed laws explicitly prohibiting discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Um, but then there are... 26 states that have no state laws and so you know sometimes like they'll bring this to court and like the court will rule with the lgbt people and cite title 7 the civil rights act of 1964 which basically prohibits workplace discrimination on the basis of sex however that is up for interpretation depending upon the case who's the judge and how they interpret it, that law Right. I also think, I mean, this is something that came up with like the cake bakers and the Mm -hmm. wedding cake for a gay couple is that even in places where there is where you're not allowed to discriminate on the basis of someone's sexual orientation, there's still something called the religious liberty clause where if somewhere if a business or a religious organization wants to discriminate against people for their sexual orientation they're allowed to because it is technically a religious lip. Well, the, the Supreme Court ruled that it is technically an infringement on their religious freedom if they have to, let's yeah. say, God forbid, well, make a cake back for a to, gay couple. Exactly. Back to Brown versus the Board of Education. That's when, you know, all of these people and all these families started to put the white children out of public schools and put them into these private institutions. Like, like I feel like that's also where, you know, these, like, a lot of these, like, fraternity-esque like uh what's it called boarding school-esque private school white mentality covington catholic covington catholic like it that is a prime example because well i I think a catholic school is i mean maybe a little different than like a non-religious affiliated school 
but it's just like a, a white private school. Exactly. Or like predominantly white. Yes. And so that's still like, those are still laws to this day. And one of the states that there are no like legislations for protecting it is Virginia. And what's happening in Virginia right now in terms of, well, they're having besides, a bit of a leadership crisis. Besides <laughs> of all the blackface things that are going on and the, you know, sexual assault stuff. Mike Pence's wife, Karen Pence, we know this. She just started teaching again at a school in Virginia. Yeah. And so I think like now we're going to take a look at like, you know, the Trump administration when, when Trump was running for two, for president in 2016, he basically said he would do more for LGBT people than Hillary Clinton, which is hilarious. He's the most innocent best president ever. Also. Yeah. So like, and so yeah. like considering, you know, what's going on with the trans military ban, like he even asserted that people who are HIV positive shouldn't be able to ser- like serve in the military. Um, but I think, I think the critical point is that because there are not federal, not strong, sturdy, not in jeopardy because of the Supreme court federal level protections. The result of this is that 48% of LGBTQ people in the United States still live in states yes. where they are not, their employment is not protected. Yeah. So, and I mean, I have a feeling that the places where it's not protected, those are the places where someone would actually fire you yeah. for such a thing because they're pro- they probably harbor or are more likely to harbor views that are in line with their state, mm-hmm. which has essentially voted. Mm hmm to not have that so i mean right now it is not a great situation at the state level and i mean even like gay marriage is like kind of precarious because it's just through the supreme court which they overturn things and i'm Mm -hmm. sure it is the goal of many people to have that overturned but because we have an administration in place that is laden with people who are anti-lgbtq lgbt there is you know it's particularly um dangerous at this time yeah so some of that staff obviously like we just said karen pence she's teaching at a school that bars its employees from engaging in or condoning homosexual or lesbian sexual activity and transgender identity and they had to sign something that they said i understand that the term marriage has only one meaning the uniting of one man and one woman moral misconduct which violates the bona fide occupational qualifications for employees includes but is not limited to such behaviors as the following heterosexual activity outside of marriage also in premarital sex, cohabitation, extramarital sex, homosexual or lesbian sexual activity, polygamy, transgender identity, or any other violation of the unique roles of mole and male and female. I What's mean, like re- un- unique roles of male and female? P and V. Yeah. <laughs> it's so silly. I know. It's I like, mean, that guy is vacuuming. Right. Like what? <laughs> You're fired. You're fired. I mean, here's, here's the thing is that like, I know, you know, the, the anti LGBT LGBT I want to say like all the letters every time but the anti-gay aspect of it gets all the play but you can't even live with your boyfriend no but it's also <laughs> it's not even just like the the family member like the, the the students it's like the family members your yeah. family members can't have be I, gay okay I think that's that this is very common in religious schools where they basically lay down rules for what kind of like people and can so, attend the schools and, and you have to basically follow like the guidelines of probably the most strict people in the community yeah. in order to be part of that school and if you don't want to you go to a less intensely religious institution well, fu- or you go to yeah. a public school it's like the religious this is the religious freedom angle yeah and it's basically the right to discriminate because you say that your religion is against it. 
Right. So I like, mean, here's the thing. The fact is their religion is against it. Yeah. But they're saying like, okay, I choose to follow that. But that shouldn't be able right. to, that, that shouldn't, they shouldn't be able to exclude people because of their sexual orientation, no matter right. what their religion says. Right. This, I mean, in the United States of America. Also because like technically I thought we had the separation of church and state, but like, okay, I don't know. Apparently the Supreme Court ruled that religious liberty or what they're calling religious liberty is is takes precedence over that yeah i mean like they also like this administration loves to say that you know the admit the your religious liberty is under assault like remember because sessions uh, announced his religious liberty task force last year and oh right the there's rltf like, there's like people in the department of justice who are pri- prioritizing religious freedom or civil liberties in some cases. And according to the memo, protections against workplace discrimination would be secondary to employers' rights to hire people who share their beliefs. So there, the, our Justice Department is currently looking into this. It's crazy. Right. It seems like there's a lot more like justice that could be done. Yeah. You know, like something about the bail system, the like the amount of rates of incarceration of different ethnicities like i feel like there's a lot more you can be doing that is not uh this and so you know back to this karen penn school it's like when when people started asking them about it pence's communication director said it's absurd that her decision to teach art to children at a christian school and the school's religious beliefs are under attack it's like that's not under attack it's your fucking like Again, yeah. we talked about this on a, an earlier podcast, but like if you didn't have gay people, art would just be boring as fuck. So, like literally that is what like art is. It's subversive. It's you're not teaching art. You're teaching coloring in the lines. Yeah. If you're unwilling to go outside of like a specific like scripturally dictated definition of art. Yeah. And but so again, not for me to criticize their art curriculum. Just yeah. just their discriminatory habits. And then just this past just this past week, you know, there was the national prayer breakfast where Donald Trump delivered a speech and he applauded Lady Lady Karen Pence, second Lady Karen Pence for choosing to return to teaching at a private this private Christian school. I do want to play a clip from our gay leader, um, Lady Gaga, about this issue. Applause. You said we should not discriminate against Christianity. You are the worst representation of what it means to be a Christian. And what I do know about Christianity is that we bear no prejudice and everybody is welcome. So you can take all that disgrace, Mr. Pence, and you can look yourself in the mirror and you'll find it right there. There you go. Apparently, Mila Kunis is uh, just along these lines. Is also donating money to you, Karen Pence, uh, to, and to Planned Parenthood and Mike Pence's name like every month or something. Oh, she is doing that. We could do that. Like, I donate like a few dollars. Yeah, for sure. Why no not? problem. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's yeah. fine. I think she. I think Lady Gaga gets it. She. She knows. It's a troll donation. <laughs> troll. troll donation. Yeah. It was just the State of the Union, mm-hmm. and during the State of the Union, President Trump made a claim saying that we will work together to end HIV and AIDS by 2030. 
it's almost like he missed the entire 80s and 90s where like we learned obviously that this is an issue of the gay community and it's like like he he just thinks he's like ending a disease like he doesn't understand that everything else that he stands for or his administration stands know, for is incongruous with that there is an immense amount of irony with that statement because first of all he didn't mention gay people at all especially like not even when he's saying that when there is a disproportionate amount of people who are affected by HIV and AIDS who are gay, especially those who are more impoverished. You know what I mean? Because these are the very people who are the most likely to lack access to healthcare. Meanwhile, and these are the very people to whom the affordable care act would benefit. However, they are trying to gut the affordable care program. And they're also giving new proposals to, for Medicare that would require doctors to receive prior authorization from insurers before beginning treatment of HIV and patients would be required to try the cheapest drugs before being granted access to the more costly ones. Also, he's specifically proposed cuts for HIV and AIDS in his first budget. Multiple budgets. Right, right. exactly. So it doesn't like, make any sense. doesn't make it's any a, sense. It is a straight up lie. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a statement to try and get, you know, people to write about his pro HIV stance and pro LGBT stance, which he's just, he, he doesn't give a fuck. And it's clear. It's clear because he selected Mike Pence. Yeah. Because he, when Mike Pence was running for Congress, he said they should remove funds for research on HIV, HIV AIDS and instead use it to be divide, diverted to programs that provide assistance to those seeking to change their sexual behavior aka gay conversion therapy yeah just like so ridiculous patently clear from the south park episode where they yeah. sat around like, accountability buddies. well it's also <laughs> like funny because like all the people who've been running conversion therapies who have now who have since come out as gay oh like there's been two stories like there was just that movie boy erased oh is that um, that's what it's about well okay. no it, the movie's about this one kid who's been sent to gay conversion therapy but by the end like at the end, like like years later, like when they're wrapping up the the film, they're like, and now this te- guy is gay, living with his husband, <laughs> and same thing with another person that just came out. But also back to the fact that they don't give a fuck about HIV and AIDS. In two June two thousand seventeen, approximately one quarter of the Presidential Advisory Council on HIV and AIDS resigned, writing in a letter published by Newsweek that Trump simply does not care about people living with HIV. And then the following December, the remaining members of this council were fired via overnight net letters from FedEx. And it was vacant. The entire committee was vacant until December, 2018. So which like, is like a couple months like, ago. Yeah. Which is like basically a year that it was yeah. empty for. I mean, here's the thing. It's like Donald Trump can't even fire these people. That's fake. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he wouldn't probably be the one firing them, but like, okay, the way that you show your priorities is where you put your money. And so he yeah. may be able to say like, Oh, I'm going to end a disease. Cause he wants to now like be the one to end a disease. Like bullshit. You can't say you're going to do something. And then it's, it's not going to end. Yeah. It's not going to end. And there's just like, it literally, all it really was, was this call to, you know, try and seem a little more bipartisan because obviously people would jump on this train. I mean, I don't even know why he picked this. I thought he was going to pick like rockets into space for his like mm-hmm. main centerpiece. Like I thought that it was a very weird choice. Yeah. And uh, the other, uh, the other funny thing about that is, is that he said, end it by 2030. And during the run up to the 2016 election, all three, all three candidates, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders and the guy we everyone forgets about Martin O'Malley totally forgot about him all made pledges to 
to make a plan to end HIV by 2025. And then not a single candidate from the Republican Party, including Trump, responded to multiple crests with meetings with community leaders to address this issue. So it's it's just like, it's just kind of really frustrating because it is clearly not a fucking priority for this person. No. And there's no issues that, you know, like that he like, you know I what bet I mean? you like, he could not even tell you what AIDS and HIV stand for. I'm sure he doesn't even know what the difference is. And right. for those of you who don't know, HIV is the virus that you get like in that you can live with HIV for a long time and live a long and healthy life and happy life. But it's when H- the virus progresses, it turns into AIDS and that's when more of your health problems occur. Right. It's an immune deficiency virus. Yeah. That's what HIV is. And so basically what happens is like it gets worse and worse because mm-hmm. your immune system attacks itself continuously yeah. and over time that wears down. But yeah. And AIDS is like the culmination of that after a while. Yeah. And it leaves you susceptible to, to other diseases. Like, and so like another guy hasn't seen angels in America. I know. Come on. Roy Cohn, you know, Donald Trump's bestie. Mm -hmm. Oh, I wonder if this is related to that in any way, but apparently here's what I've heard. Donald Trump would not speak to Roy Cohn like before he died because he found out that he like, was gay and had AIDS. Mm -hmm. And so Donald Trump like ignored him. And then at the end of his life, Roy Cohn was like, that's like one nasty son of a bitch. Well, that's Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Well, also the student has been a master. (laughs) Roy Cohn was a terrible fucking human being who would like, yeah, he would like get info on like closeted gay people and blackmail them despite being gay. He was the number one closeted gay person. He also was like a very self-hating individual. He was Jewish, but he was like anti-Semitic. He was gay, but hated gay people. Like that's just who he was. Yeah. And lest we forget so much hatred in one's heart for themselves. Lest we forget about the Trump, Trump Trump administration that on the very first day of his, on the very day of the inauguration, it wasn't even the first day, the white house website was stripped of any reference to the national office of AIDS policy and previously developed national AIDS plan the website also sanitized any reference to obama developed policies and protection for the rights of people who identify as lgbtq and basically they just wiped all that shit out that just seems like a weird first priority like it takes a while to update a website and the fact that that's like the number one thing you remove just shows like how little you give a shit about those people and it's not just it's it's on like almost every single level of this administration you know we have we have another audio clip we want to play. Um, this one is with Mike Pompeo and Cory Booker during Mike Pompeo's um, confirmation hearing to become Secretary of State. And basically in this clip, Cory Booker asks some questions about his previous statements on LGBT people. You said in a speech that uh, mourning an America that endorses perversion and calls it an alternative lifestyle, those are your words, is being gay a perversion? Senator, I, 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 when I was a politician, I had a very clear view on uh, whether it was appropriate for two same-sex persons to marry. I stand by that. So, you, so it's, you do not believe it's appropriate for two gay people to marry? Senator, I continue to hold that view. It's the same view. And so people that, in the State Department, I met some in Africa that are married under your leadership. You do not believe that that should be allowed? Senator, I, I, we have, I, I believe it's the case we have married uh, gay couples at the CIA, you should know. I treated them with the exact same set of rights. You believe that, you believe that gay sex is a perversion? Yes or no? Senator, if I, if I can... If you're, yes or no, sir. Moment, if do you believe that gay sex is a perversion? Because that's what you said here Senator, in one my, of your speeches. Yes or no, do you believe gay sex is a perversion? Senator, I, I, I'm going to give you the same answer I just gave you previously. My, my respect for every individual, regardless of their sexual orientation, is the same. 
you know what kills me about that quote about that exchange is that like Okay, Mike Pompeo obviously does believe that, even if he believes it about the act of gay sex mm-hmm. rather than the human beings who commit it, which is like what he probably should have said. Um, the The fact is that, like, if he really held that belief and stands by it, why is it that he can say it to a group of religious people, mm-hmm. but he can't say it when his feet are held to the fire? Yeah. So what they do is they take away all these liberties. They they work behind the scenes to get. References removed from websites, policies changed internally and things that are not necessarily voter directed. And this is like a big cause of his. But when he's asked to just espouse his view, he doesn't even have the courage to fucking say it. Like, if you believe it, fucking say it. Why can't he say it? And the thing is, is he is representing us on a world stage. He is the like one of the most people who represent us on the world stage and he's traveling to countries where they kill people, you know, and they, so like, it's like, or for being gay. And also, so it's like, if there, if the, if the United States secretary of state has these beliefs, why should I in Russia or, you know, Nigeria want to strengthen LGBT rights when the fucking United States Secretary of State doesn't think I should. Right. It's like if you're trying to be an example to the rest of the world about spreading, spreading, you know, these lofty ideas like democracy, liberty, Mm -hmm. freedom, all these things that you claim you stand for that like, I don't know, your actions don't really align with. Then you go to these places where they jail, kill and torture people for being gay. What, what gives you any credibility? Yeah. Like seriously, what gives you any credibility? And then also the people who works within his department, you know, it's like, does he not think that like when he's having a, you know, uh, like a dinner or like a state dinner with some of his employees, like should his gay like employee not bring his husband, you know, like how do you think they feel sitting next to you and trying to talk to you? Right. That's so, that must be weird. Like if I, if my, here's the thing, he is the one who should feel uncomfortable because yeah. he's the one who has a bad opinion of well, them. Well, that's like that whole conversation. This is like this whole conversation around blackface we're having right now. It's like, if you wouldn't sit at a table with a black person with blackface on, then you probably shouldn't put blackface on. Right. Absolutely. Cause you would feel ridiculous and you'd feel ashamed of yourself. But when you go hang out with your white friends and you think it's funny, just think about how you would react if you were in the room with a black, another black person. Right. And you would think that at some point, like the idea of not discriminating against people for their sort of like innate qualities mm-hmm. could shine through. Like, like you would think that like, okay, like I'm just going to take the line. Like I do not discriminate based on like these protected qualities of inborn innate things about people. And then conservatives take it and they turn it around and they were like, well, you won't serve like Sarah Sanders at the red hen. Like, how is that any different than a baker not serving like not serving a gay couple? It's like, well, that's because those are innate qualities about mm-hmm. those people versus you just don't like them. Yeah. Like no one's pro- like like Trump supporters are not a protected class. No, like they're not. There's nothing innate about it. It's just their opinion. And a business is allowed to be like, I don't like your opinion. I don't have to serve you. Yeah. But it's fucked up for a business to be like. I don't like your innate inborn qualities. Yeah. I don't have to serve you. But again, I guess they don't think that it's innate inborn. Otherwise you wouldn't have so many people trying to push conversion therapy. Well, it's just like, there's all these stigmas, you know, still to this day about around gay people. And one of those goes, this goes back to HIV and another federal law that is, there's still a blood ban, which is, you know, basically in 1983 during the height of the HIV and AIDS epidemic, the U.S. policy by the FDA was to not allow people to donate blood who have 
ever had sex with men. Like, doesn't ever. matter when, ever. Like a man who has had sex with men, or if you're a woman who's had How sex with a know? man who's had sex with a man, they just ask you. It's on the form. Okay, but like someone could like I remember lie. I remember like my doctor asked I, me if I how much I drink. Yeah, I remember finding out because I was asked a question about it, like at a doctor's office. Really? Yeah, and I was like, wait, why? And like, oh yeah, because if you're a man who's had sex with men, you can't donate blood. So like that's even now here. Like if you want to give blood today. So now today in 2015 they changed the law to make it to 12 months. If you're if you're a man who's had sex with another man. In the past 12 months, you can't donate blood. No matter what your status is, no matter if you got tested two weeks ago, which is fucking ridiculous because I don't it's understand. Just, this like, is just a stigma. Just straight stigma. people can have things wrong with their blood too. And so, like, it's but the irony of it is, stupid. you know, the FDA, they screen every unit of blood donated for infectious diseases prior to entering the donation pool. Current And current tests for HIV are able to detect the presence of the virus with the highest precision within 11 days after infection. So based on this science, a 12-month deferral for men who have sex with men does not make any fucking sense. Furthermore, the test is able to detect HIV with such a high precision that only 1 in 3.1 million units of blood infected with HIV will make it past the screen. And the American Public Health Association confirms this, that stating that the 12-month deferral was modeled after policies of other countries rather than empirical scientific studies. Right. Well, you know, as the leading country, that's how we should run things. I mean, something like that is particularly dangerous in that it in that it's a legal or policy reality mm -hmm. that essentially enforces stereotypes and outgroup hatred. Yeah. And what that leads to is actual practical impacts on people's lives that are not in the legal arena, like mm -hmm. hate crimes and violence against gay people. I mean, two weeks ago or a week ago, you had the Jesse Smollett hate crime, which was yeah. so disgusting. And it wasn't just cause he, it was, it was both a, a homophobic and a racist yeah. attack. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you can really separate those two things. And it was like they, I think they, what did they, I don't even remember. They what called they him said. a fag N word. Right. Exactly. So it's really both things. Yeah. And this affects people's lives. It kill it. People die from this. It is, I mean, just the fact that like, you can't be sure that you're, that you're safe walking around living your life because of like this innate quality of yours is mm -hmm. really, really messed up. And mm -hmm. it's something that America should really be passed, but it's not. Um, so Gallup, estimates that lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community is approximately 4.5% of the U.S. population. Yet, according to the FBI's report for 2017, they make up more than more more than 16% of federally reported hate crime victims. Which is so that's insane. not really proportionate. Not only that, but black transgender women face the highest levels of fatal violence within the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community, and they're even less likely to turn to police for help because they're afraid that they're going to be re-victimized by law enforcement. Yeah. And I mean, we know people who come forward after yeah. attacks or accusations, and a lot of the time, like law enforcement is not making it easier on you. No, because according to the National Transgender Discrimination Survey, 38% of black transgender people who interacted with police reported harassment. 14% reported physical assault from police and 6% reported sexual assault. And this is like, because they 
they are at high risk for revictimization because law enforcement just they they feel like they can get away with it. Well, they can because you obviously have a large force of people in the country yeah. who just don't care or they agree with yeah. the fact that there should be violence against minorities and people in disadvantaged And that's why it's like, you know, this attack on Jesse Smollett is great that it's getting all this attention. However, he is a celebrity with a lot of money and some privileges that he's able to go to the hospital, able to go to the police without fear of repercussion or fear perhaps maybe, you know, like he's in the closet. Someone who's attacked is in the closet and they can't go to the police because then they don't want their families to find out. Right. And so it's just like uh, trying to be aware and like all of these laws and all of these things that the White House and these administration officials are doing, the FDA supports this stigma and supports this idea that they are an other, that LGBT people are an other and that it might be okay to treat them that way, which right. is fucking not. I mean, in New York, I think, I, I mean, I know that I sort of live in this bubble where like, I don't think that it's any like to me on a day to day basis. I'm not even necessarily thinking about it unless there is some, I hear about some sort of violent hate crime or change in policy in the news because I'm like, yeah, like great. Anyone, anyone could be anything here. I live in a community. Obviously we live in Manhattan, like yeah. a place where I would say everyone of pretty much any gender, sexual orientation, race is kind of accepted. Yeah. And people who don't get in line with that, with that point of view, mm-hmm. those people are kind of are ostracized because it's like, yeah. you're a bigot. Yeah. And I think it's really important. I, and I know a lot of the audience who's listening to this is not from places where that's not the case. Yeah. Or a lot of them are co- coastal, you know, the coastal liberal elites. Um, I think that a lot, of, a lot of us maybe don't necessarily realize how on the ground, this is a really, really dangerous, scary problem yeah. that people face every day. Every day. And especially like, I think of like, when I go home to my hometown, which is just fucking New Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> and it's like, I remember just like, the, I think it was this past summer. Yeah. It was this past summer. I was at some fuck, like there, for some whatever reason, I, I live like close to the Pennsylvania border. There's some like hicks. I'm sorry if that's a derogatory <laughs> word, but they are. They're they, not a protected class. Yeah. Don't worry. They, we, there's a lot of, it's a big farm town where I grew up and I was at hanging out at someone's fucking farmhouse and people were just saying faggot and gay, like calling each other that. And I'm like, oh my God, where the fuck am I? Yeah. And this is still, like still happening. And like, think of like, like you, you can't just drop shit like that. <laughs> right. Like, and it's still happening. I mean, the, the danger really is for, for people who are growing up, yeah. who are gay or transgender or whatever it is. They're growing up in those communities. They didn't choose to, they didn't choose to be born into those yeah. communities. Like they didn't, they should go into community conversion therapy and just move out. But basically it's like, if, if you're one of those people who has not sort of made it out of that mentality or made it out of that demographic where that kind of behavior is acceptable, then you are, you don't see necessarily like hope for yourself except maybe on social media. Yeah. And like, you know, we only have a 30 minute half hour podcast episodes because, and so we can't touch upon everything. So this is, e- this is even just like scratching the surface. This doesn't even, this doesn't even talk about the people in other countries like Russia, where, you know, there's a propaganda law that, you know, like that basically says that promoting homosexuality as a normal lifestyle is against the law. And there's been an upswing of violent crime since that law was passed in Uganda. Like it's like they kill the gays. And then they had they like they had there was a major political party that one of their slogan was kill the gays. And then after some backlash, they changed it to jail the gays. Lock her up. And now in Nigeria, you know, um, basically that country's become more homophobic on many of these on many occasions of 
mob attacks of suspected queers. They would go and pull gay people from their houses and beat them in the streets. And on many occasions, the police have joined in on the attacks. In Jamaica, it's illegal. You know, it's like... And people go to Jamaica all the fucking time. And the government is known for supporting violence against gays. So you also just keep an eye out where you, where you go spend your tourism money. It's a good idea. It's a good point. Maybe don't go to Jamaica if you don't want to. Like, I mean, I, I know it's beautiful. I've been there. I didn't realize this was happening there in, until like recently. Guys, if you're trying to go tropical, go to Puerto Rico. Yeah, please. We went there and it's very beautiful. And I keep actually seeing a lot of people on vacation there. I think people are catching on that. It's like still really nice. Yeah. Obviously, Anthony was just there. It's beautiful. Crime. Yeah, so if if you're going if you're going on a travel vacation, maybe swap out Jamaica for Puerto Rico or Spain. Right, but I'm talking <laughs> okay, like I'm you know, yeah. nearby, two hour flight, not. Um, you know. And so I feel like if you if after this, there's you feel like you want to do something about it. Um, this new House Democratic leadership has in this new election cycle has renewed a promise to try and pass the Equality Act. The Equality Act would explicitly add sexual orientation and gender identity to that Title VII Civil Rights Act of 1964, explicitly adding, saying that you cannot fire someone on the dis- the basis of sex, sexual orientation, or gender identity. And then if there's, you want to do even more and you want to check out some sites, you know, check out GLAD, check out Voices 4, who we're friends with. Gays Against Guns does a lot of stuff. The Trevor Project, you know. And if you want to listen to, we have two bonus episodes with Voices 4. Mm-hmm. So if you guys just want like a little bit of an intro to them and you're too lazy to actually do anything other than scroll further down your podcast feed, that's the first, that's the place to start. You can listen to the other Voices 4 episodes. Yeah, that was recent. So I think we, yeah, it's one really good. One recently and one a while ago. Mm-hmm. But... Thanks guys for listening. I think this is a great topic. And if you have any suggestions for bonus episodes, email sup at betches.com mm-hmm. or DM the Betches Sup Instagram. And be sure to sign up for the Betches Sup email at betches.co slash sup sign up. Yeah. And also, if this is coming out Sunday morning, we're having a drag brunch this afternoon. <laughs> so if you can make it come. If you're bored, just yeah. Yeah. be like, oh, I'm listening to this podcast. I need to go. I want to now. I want to go brunch. I need to go do something. Come to a drag brunch where there'll be a lot of gays. Yeah, a lot of happy gays having fun. Right. This is not something that could happen. Let's say Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's it's actually like quite a cultural experience. Yeah. It's at Toro Loco in Manhattan. Um, it's from one to four. Chris Burns, aka Fat Harry Bradshaw, is going to be doing a drag performance. You don't want to miss. Bottomless mimosas. Like you guys can get hang drunk with us and brunch. Brunch it up. Exactly. All right. Until the end of democracy, I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this has been the Betcha Sub Podcast. Night. Goodbye. Betches.